Kane was the Undertaker's half-brother who was horribly burned when uh, the Undertaker burned down their funeral home. Or maybe Kane, I forget. Their funeral home burned down. Kane was burned down. He came back 20 years later to torment the Undertaker. They yeah. feuded for years. Eventually it became clear that Kane wasn't actually horribly burned. There were psychological scars that he, like, munchausened himself into believing he had. Uh, he became tag team partners with Daniel Bryan. They went to anger management therapy. Uh, and then eventually he took a corporate job working for Triple H as... Uh, uh, the um, director of op- uh, basically yeah. the head of HR yeah. except the head of HR was like a 7 foot tall dude who would choke slam you I'm not making any of this up and he used to shoot fireballs at people yes he used to shoot he used fireballs to shoot fire at people now he is IRL the mayor of a city in yeah. Tennessee and you, oh know what he was? and you know what he was all before that he was Isaac Yankum DDS and his thing was he was a dentist <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is All Sports Are Bad. I am Jake Whipple. And I'm Patrick on the internet. And we are here with our good friend, Ruben Poling. What's up, everyone? How are you doing today, Ruben? I'm pretty good. Good. I, my, my hangover, my two-day hangover has elapsed, so I'm feeling fantastic and human. Right, well, nice. that's a step in the right direction. Well, I'm glad you're not dead. That's the main thing here. Me <laughs> too. <Yeah. laughs> also, for the first time in two days. Yeah. No, well, that's, su- that's success, I'd say. We're going we're gonna to count that one as a win. Um, so we have Ruben here today because we're going to talk about WrestleMania, which is coming up this weekend. WrestleMania is, sporting event might not be the right word, but one of the biggest athletic events that happens in a calendar year. It is um, theater. It's he- Yeah, the theater is a good way to athletic put it. Athletic theater. Athletic theater. And it's enormous. It's enormously popular. And I don't know a goddamn thing about it <laughs> because I am just completely cut off from culture. Um, well, you see, Jake, WrestleMania is the place where you can see a seven-foot-tall goth throw his boss's son off the top of a 30-foot-high cage. Yeah. Right, that sounds rad. The actual story <laughs> of that is that Shane McMahon, the boss's son, wanted to get his job back in middle, in middle management. <laughs> he wanted to be the regional manager of the SmackDown League. So he had to fight his dad's scariest employee, a zombie. <laughs> a zombie wizard who uses supernatural powers to uh, murder his foes. All right, so this so so far it sounds like this is awesome. Uh, very real. Yeah, yeah, it sounds that. Way. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so like I said, you guys you guys are much more familiar with this. I, you guys both grew up with it and like know a lot about it. So like, what like what is WrestleMania? Where does this co- like what does it come from? Like, it's I know it's run by the WWE, but I don't like tell me like what's what's going on there? How did it come to fruition and what's it about? It is the Super Bowl of wrestling. It is their biggest event. It is. It is what essentially what all wrestlers want to compete in. It is their biggest show of the year. Okay. Yeah, this is number thirty-five. I believe the first one featured Mr. T in the main event. Oh yeah. Um, it basically, you know, in in the mid '80s, WW then WWF was the biggest wrestling company in the world. It, it still is, uh, despite brief interruptions. Uh, and it had hit a point of kind of mainstream popularity where they were like, let's do a big pay-per-view show and stack it with celebrity guests because we secretly crave the respectability that only Mr. T can provide. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like having the A-team show up. Um, How did, so how did it come to be? Because like, as I understand it, WrestleMania was like the first ever idea 
of its kind in the wrestling community, which had existed for a long time prior to the WWE and prior to this event starting to exist. Like, so how? Like, what was the idea behind the development of it? Do you have any? I mean, they always insight into that. They, I mean, I think it, it, it's basically their first pay per view. I want to say, or like their first like big pay per view or their biggest one because they have like the big four pay per views, right? Yeah. Or I guess not. Like, because there's SummerSlam, Survivor Series, um, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. And before, yeah. the, I guess at one point there was also King of the Rings, so there was, yeah. like, five big ones. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I, I am not fully equipped to answer this question because there was also uh, the other company, WCW, might have still been NWA at that time. I can't remember. But they also had big shows. Uh, yeah. Starcade was their, their Super Bowl. Right. So um, I guess we, we can do a quick... Uh, pro wrestling very brief pro wrestling history which is pro wrestling in the u.s really started out um and this is going to be a recurring theme throughout everything we talk about it was some carny bullshit it was like Sweet. you'd go to the fair and there'd be a dude there who was like you know i can i can wrestle anyone here and there'd be a plant in the crowd who would like go up there and put up a fight before losing and that would convince a bunch of drunk yahoos of like, oh man, I could totally fight this guy. <laughs> and, and then they'd get their asses kicked. All right. Uh, and then eventually, you know, it became clear that instead of like, you know, rooking a bunch of hillbillies and uh, getting whatever money they bet on their drunk friend, you could just have both the guys in the fight be performers and just pay, have people pay money to watch and over time, you know, the uh, the secret that it was fake, or the secret that it was scripted, right. I shouldn't say fake, um, became, you know, more and more public knowledge, and it became more and more uh, a, what what is, they now refer to as sports entertainment. Right, yeah. And yeah. I think just in the 80s, it had hit a critical mass of, like, we can really put this on screens and get people to watch it. Right, because my understanding is that, like, the scripted nature of it, it was always sort of an open, open secret. Like, people didn't acknowledge it, but they didn't really, like, no one was hiding it directly either. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't something you acknowledged in public. Well, the 80s stuff. I remember the 80s and early 90s. There are just a few people that just kind of believed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, there's that's, no internet. Yeah, back then. <laughs> so that yeah, that too, yeah. Uh, and we were stupid children. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but that was the uh, the the concept of kayfabe, right? right? Which was sort of the the unspoken kayfabe is wrestling canon, basically. It's the idea of believing in this fictional fictional universe, which spawned out of you know originally the desire to protect the like you know the fakeness of. Uh, you know, the guy in the crowd being a plant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and over time, you know, as, as it became, like, more of a media thing, kayfabe was just the protection of of the uh, legitimacy of, yeah. of wrestling. Right. Um, and now, you know, essentially, we can get into this more later, but kayfabe is essentially, like, the, the suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Right. It's about the story that's being told in the entertainment aspect of it, mm -hmm. right? Like, that there's arcs and there are characters and yeah. they interact mm -hmm. in certain ways. Yeah, and even even more recently, that, that, oh, there's a plant in the audience thing, that was used, uh, like, a few years ago when the, they want, the dude from Arrow, or a network wanted to promote the TV show Arrow. So the actor, I forgot his name, but he was the... He Stephen was, Amell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, you know, essentially, oh, it's Stephen Amell from Arrow in the crowd. And he's like, hey. And then, you know, the Patrick bad guy just wrestler, gave a thumbs up, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bad guy wrestler fucks with him, who was uh, Cody Rhodes, who's a very serious wrestler, very good. Uh, son of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, but yeah, 
like he fucked with him and then you know that guy the the Stephen Amell fought him back, and that was, you know, the kind of the same kind of thing that you were talking about. It's just basically an, on a different scale to promote a TV show. But yeah, in kayfabe, that actor was a real, like, that was the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, that makes sense. Like, I've tried to. So, in reading about this and trying to get ready for this, I read a lot of story arcs for wrestlers, and they dove off into the realm of the absurd extremely fast. Oh yeah. Like it's there's I get like I get like a like if you're particularly in the when you're young and um, maybe just getting into it, like being fought, like believing that these storylines are actually going on. But when you read them laid out as a point by point feud, it's just somebody dies, but then they're alive again, and then they get married to somebody's sister, and then that <laughs> sister gets beaten up by the owner of the company, and then the owner of the company gets thrown through a wall by a giant. Yeah, it, it's just, like it gets really ridiculous really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, what, so this is one of the hallmarks of, like, the, the wrestling era we're in now. It's always been a thing, but never more so. Is this sort of winking, half-ironic relationship with reality, right? right. That, like, wrestling, the WWE is simultaneously, um, and another thing we'll talk about a lot today, I think, is Ronda Rousey. But, like, her, her big WrestleMania program has been an acknowledgement to the fact that she is, uh, you know, what's referred to as a shoot fighter, a real fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she did MMA. Uh, and her in character as Ronda Rousey, the wrestler, treating wrestling as fake to the scorn of her opponents, who are both pro wrestlers, who are going, I'm going to beat you up to prove that it's real, even though everyone is in real life, obviously committed to a script. But WWE really wants you to think that one of them might go off script. Hmm. That's yeah. some of the most meta shit I've ever heard it in is. my life. It is. Yeah. Wrestling is super meta. It's <laughs> fucking weird. I mean, CM Punk's popularity came from basically just talking shit in real life about real life stuff to his boss. Right. Well, cause And like, John Cena. <laughs> but actually, that's one of the few things I remember like reading directly about professional wrestling was CM Punk's, like one of his great victories as a wrestler was just some microphone work he did where he basically ripped the entire company about his contract disputes. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't yes. know. I believe I'm remembering this right. And it's considered like one of the better like on mic performances mm-hmm. given because it was done both as a CM Punk in character, but also him airing legitimate grievances with the company publicly in ring. Yeah. And that culminated in um, his contract was up, and then so he beats John Cena for the title, or retains the title. I I think he beat him for the title. In Chicago, takes the title, runs into the crowd, and is gone. It's like (laughs) Richard Nixon, but awesome. (laughs) Like, like, he's just gone now. CM Punk took the WWE title. He's gone now. And, like, I mean... If you were new to wrestling, it'd probably be very easy yeah. for you to go, that's fucking crazy. Especially because three years later, he actually quit. Yeah. And no one believed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the best way, you know, to sort of sum up this discussion is that wrestling is kind of magical realism. Like, yeah. you're not sure what's fantasy and, like, what's reality, and that's sort of how it thrives. Um, also, now I really want a couple guys to run a feud based on Gabriel Garcia Marquez. No one would get it. It would rule. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh. <laughs> Mexican magical realism. Yeah, guy. yeah. hundred years of solitude, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that might not be the quite the target audience. <laughs> uh, um, 
So like so prior to the WWE, which is now the most important wrestling promotion in the world, um, the most powerful, the biggest. Um, there, it was very much a regional, um, regional thing. It was controlled based on like various territories that, given like, I don't know, SARS would be in charge of. Wrestlers would move between them as tu- touring, and these guys would make their money off of these guys moving around. So, McMahon was the one who kind of took over, t- kind of took over the wrestling world with the WWE by making it a national promotion. Um, how did that happen exactly? Do you know? On how he. Got yeah. basically like how we pulled this off, like how we took what was essentially. Well, I think the word I've seen used in a lot of descriptions is fiefdoms. How he kind of took over all of those and brought everything under his own corporate umbrella. Uh, he bought WCW in in what two thousand two thousand one. Well, sort, but before that, right? Oh, before yeah, that, yeah, before those, yeah. He buy the company from his dad and like. Yeah, he he <laughs> owned uh, the New York territory basically, and um, I don't know. I mean, I. There's a lot of finicky little details and business deals, but it kind of just boiled down to him being super fucking ruthless and okay. like it sounds like a billionaire. Yeah, so yeah, far. exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. it's you know uh, again like Vince McMahon is a fucking cardy. Like yeah. we'll come back to that so much that you know at the end of the day he thinks that his job is to fool people and take their money and make them enjoy being fooled. Because yeah. that is what he's always, you know, his, like you said, uh, when he was growing up, his dad was still running the territory uh, era that had a lot of echoes of the the guy in the crowd thing. Um, so he's just always had that philosophy, I think. You can see it in, in just everything WWE has been. So, yeah, from the jump, he was just like, why should I treat my competitors as anything other than, you know, drunk yahoos in the crowd begging yeah. to have their money taken? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I, I guess, like I said, my understanding is that WrestleMania was one of the initial movements that really helped him build this empire, like creating this initial pay-per-view event mm-hmm. and, like, re- like really making a major wrestling thing that had national reach as opposed to just a local reach. Yeah, bring Hulk Hogan to, like, yeah. everyone. Yeah. To everyone. Yeah, yeah. To everyone. that was the goal. Bring yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's easy to make fun of, but, like, you know, getting Mr. T on WrestleMania in, you know, when, well, let's see, that would have been 1984. Four mm-hmm. was kind of a thing. It was like, hey, he's a big mainstream star. I mean, what did they have? Cindy Lauper a couple years later. Yeah, that's um, wild. I had no idea. Yeah. Cindy Lauper, really? Yeah, yeah. All right. Wrestling, wrestling has always had this weird relationship with uh, real celebrities. Um, the the definition of which can often be stretched, but it's like this this combination of like defiant scorn and you know. I mean, we, you know the whole, like, please like my sport thing? Yeah. yeah. Wrestling is the most please like my sport <laughs> thing imaginable. Uh, but it really did, you know, WrestleMania having, like, real celebrities, um, just imagine some big-ass air quotes, uh, yeah. really helped with, with jump-starting that. Um, and obviously having Hulk Hogan, who in that era, you know, in the Reagan era, was, like, the the perfect, like, mainstream star for, for that appeal yeah. to kids. He's basically, I'm a real American. It is. Yeah. He's like, oh, man, I'm a hardworking American. And then, you know, there's the guy who's not from America who's like, no, I don't like you. I'm not American. <laughs> and, you know, that's basically it. Like, that's what yeah. wrestling was in, like, the 80s and 90s. Like, and, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, there's more of this uh, real celebrities being on WrestleMania that I'd like to get in a little bit, but we won't, like, there's, we got to work through a few things. But since... But so WrestleMania was this enormous success for the WWE, and it has been for a long, long time. 
You guys have watched a lot of it. Like, have you? Have, would you say you've seen every one? You've seen yeah. most of them. No, I've seen most of them. Seen most of them. Yeah. So, like, why? Do you, so, what makes it so appealing for you personally? And like, are there moments in like a WrestleMania or like in wrestling that you remember specifically that helped like solidify that? I mean, it, it's it's because. Because it's the biggest show, it's all of the storylines coming to a close. It is the end of the year for for WWE. Okay. Uh, the, they they have to go through the Royal Rumble to get to WrestleMania, and before that, they have to get through SummerSlam. Before that, they had used to have to get through King of the Ring. Now it's Money in the Bank, and you know it's just every month there's storylines that are actually just slowly building to this one WrestleMania thing. Gotcha. And so everyone's at their best, and it's the most exciting. They put on the best matches, and yeah, cool. Yeah. And I'd say, like, so part of how I got back into wrestling, um, I, you know, I watched when I was in, like, junior high and early high school and fell out of it. And I got back in because um, I actually, I had a, a friend who I used to uh, play Warcraft with, and we weren't playing Warcraft anymore, and we wanted something to hang out around, and he was into wrestling, so I was like, yeah, I'll come over and watch WrestleMania. All right. Uh, and part of the appeal is, like, that's, you know, the one time a year when all your friends who don't give a shit about wrestling will be like, yeah, I'll watch WrestleMania. That's the oh, one yeah. I've heard of. Um, and you can sort of use it as the selling point for, like, look, man, like, this, like, angry flat earther just did a backflip off the top rope and got caught out of the air and body slammed by a giant furious Samoan. <laughs> if you didn't enjoy that, I don't know what to tell you. It's awesome. Like, it's yeah. just awesome. Like, so you're going to see something ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good, like, as far as, like, the best matches, you know, that's not always true because they go for the spectacle, but you're going to see the coolest shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's when they blow the budget and everyone is like, alright, I have this great idea I've been saving all year. I'm going to use it at WrestleMania. It's where TLC 2 happened. Oh my god. Like one of the craziest most like I I watched it with Jane, uh, my girlfriend, <laughs> uh the like last week cuz I was going through all these old WrestleMania matches and we were just both like this is nuts. Like she was like is he going to jump off that thing into the tables? It's he's not going to do it. Is there padding? And then he jumps and she's like, "What?" <laughs> that was the one where they were like every team had a run in, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Every, that was came such in. a fucking silly match. I love it. Spike Dudley was yeah. there. Uh, Rhino. Rhino. <laughs> Rhino was actually the one who made it super crazy cuz he just he gored a bunch of people through tables. And Wait, was made... this a character who's a Rhino? I mean, no, his, yeah. just his name. His actual thing is he's angry and he tackles people. Like, I mean, it's he, like Barney okay. Rebel, but like really. Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, he, he's two wrestlers wide. Okay. Yeah, but he's also short, so it's like if Barney Rebel were just very angry at Fred all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what makes a great wrestler? Like, what, what in your, like, the guys that you've always liked, like, what, what was it that draws you to him? Uh, I mean, think of it kind of like what makes a great baseball player, right? The, you know, the... You know the the old saying about Willie Mays that he was a six tool player. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know you could be like good at different things in ring, like you know the the pacing, you know being ha having strength and stamina, being able to do cool flippy shit, and being able to sort of like read a crowd um, and know like when to turn it up and when to slow it down. And then there's just kind of this indefinable charisma about like you know the greatest wrestlers where they're just sort of like they're giving a performance and they have a capacity to elevate that performance when the situation demands it. Yeah. I I I I I like the physicality parts, but really I like good characters. Yeah. I want I want like like my favorite wrestlers are like Ric Flair, Chris Jericho, like just be like yeah. as cool and ridiculous 
and just if, if you're a good guy make the crowd love you if you're a bad guy make him hate you and that's yeah. how, what they do perfectly yeah it's just like, like it's like an ability to like to sell the absurdity yeah. absurdity of it where right. it's like just easy to buy into it and yeah. enjoy it as opposed yeah. to sitting there yeah. and be like well this is too stupid yeah my yeah. my favorite wrestler i think right now is Sami Zayn, uh who should be everyone's favorite wrestler because he's like a a Syrian Canadian uh just incredible in-ring performer and he's also like he shows up with no pasaran written on his tights uh he's anti-zionist he's a socialist sammy zane fucking rules and he's right. a ska guy yeah he's a ska well <laughs> i wasn't gonna boy. say that but <laughs> no you knew i was Does yeah he wear checkered vans <laughs> yeah he better yeah. wear checkered uh titles. <laughs> yeah. yeah but so for years uh before coming to wwe he wrestled as el generico uh, the the <laughs> luchador, so like lucha libre is Mexican wrestling. Yeah, they yeah. wear masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, he wore a mask, and a big thing about that is that because he was always wrestling in a mask, he had to learn how to sell a performance without the benefit of facial expressions. It right. was all in his body language and in like just at the the pace and you know. Uh, how he did shit in the ring and that I think that is what made him a great performer is having to rely on just his athletic ability and timing to tell a story without being able to like mug at the camera right well I think it was really easy for people like me to undersell the ability that these guys have as actors Mm. like um, obviously Dwayne The Rock Johnson has since proven that like these are very translatable skills yeah like you can do both um And you, in fact, you have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's what you, like what I, a lot of what I'm hearing there is just it's exciting when these guys are willing, like, can really bring you into the world that like, and that's yeah, like they're both phenomenal athletes and they're talented actors who buy into this character and to this story and to all these things and make it accessible to everyone. Yeah, yeah. The, the Rock went from fighting a zombie warlock <laughs> to a fought a building in Skyscraper. Yeah, it's yeah. still ridiculous. Yeah, yeah very relatable <laughs> things there. I feel like in one of the Fast and Furious movies he punched a submarine. I don't... Yeah. That sounds like something that would happen. <laughs> yeah. <in my> <laughs> Yeah, if you could buy the storyline of any Fast and Furious movie, you could buy wrestling. Yeah, it makes yeah. tons of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, I mean, that's not really an a outrageous thing to say. There's a huge audience overlap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love those movies because they're ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Wrestling sounds ridiculous, exactly. so it seems like something I could get behind. Do you have a favorite WrestleMania match? Uh, the TLC match you brought up is definitely way up there. Um, probably uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, I guess this is two matches, but Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, where Daniel Bryan was sort of like the underdog uh, fan favorite five years ago, um, and he went through this whole storyline that culminated in him having to beat Triple H, who's kind of like the end boss of wrestling, just to get into a title match against two other guys, and he won both of them. And it was... They were both just really good matches and really well told. That's what made me watch wrestling again. I had stopped completely. I mean, I peaked in a little bit during when Stephen Punk was doing his stuff. And then I was like, oh, that seems cool and interesting. And then I immediately checked out. But then when this Daniel Bryan stuff happened at WrestleMania, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and it brought me, it brought me, it sucked me right back in. Yeah. (laughs) It sucked 30-year-old me right back in there when that happened. So what's going on with this particular WrestleMania? What's this one about? Well, uh, for the first time ever, women are going to main event it. Oh, wow. Uh, have the closing match of the night, which is definitely something 
We should talk. I mean, we can go into as much detail as we feel like, but basically, women's wrestling in WWE has never gotten any credibility until the last few years. Well, I was telling, like, we were talking about this a little before we got started, and like I told you guys already, like I remember, like when I saw like women's wrestling being promoted, it was two girls in their underwear pulling each other's hair for five minutes, and then that was it. Yeah, yeah, and like women's wrestling has, you know, pro wrestling in pro wrestling has a long history of like being just as good um you know in japan especially uh although you know that's kind of there's japan runs segregated promotions where like a lot of their promotions are either men's wrestling or women's wrestling um but like there's also you know a lot of very good women's wrestling in the u.s in history uh and just wwe wasn't interested like part of the the carny mentality um was just not wanting to spend a lot of time on that when you could get people to tune in for, yeah, like, mud wrestling. Yeah, and selling sex. Contests. The yeah. selling sex. panties matches yeah. of the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. But there's been this, in the last, really, um, five years, I would say, a little bit more before that, but, like, the last four or five years, um, there's been a cynical to an extent. I mean, it's, you know, like any other giant company uh wwe goes where the times force them to and there's been enough of they thought they could make money off of it so they did it but there's been like just absolutely phenomenal uh women's wrestlers who are getting the chance to shine and you know making the opportunity to shine and then a big part of that in the last year has been ronda rousey right yeah yeah so rousey was a established mma fighter whose career kind of ended with a couple of major losses and now she's in the wwe Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. It seemed like a natural transition for her. Uh, she's, you know, always had like that showmanship and charisma. As far as I don't watch a lot of MMA or hardly any, but as far as I understand about her, that was part of her appeal. Yeah, there was definitely a stretch where every time I was watching MMA, it was because Ronda Rousey was fighting. Yeah, yeah. same uh, here. Yeah. yeah, so she was like, yeah. it was that big. You know, she's a real <laughs> celebrity, and she's a. The term they use is combat sports that, yeah. that, you know, couples MMA and wrestling and then, like, whatever else goes under that umbrella. Um, but, yeah, she actually, her first match uh, was at last year's WrestleMania. And in the past year, she's been a thing and kind of folded into the ecosystem of WWE. Um, and she's kind of a real-life piece of shit. Like, she's super transphobic and a Sandy Hook truther. And, oh, yeah. Jesus like, yeah, she's, right. she's a lot of bad things. She's <laughs> kind of lousy, but she's very good at wrestling. She took to it naturally. She, like, gets the, char- the like, acting and character work enough. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, in the past, um, I don't know. Patrick, how much should we go in-depth about the whole Becky Lynch thing besides the two rules? I say go oh, in as much as you want. amazing, and she's, like, the best thing <laughs> right now in wrestling. Yeah. So it's worth going into. Yeah, okay. So, so please so do so. <laughs> Becky Lynch is an Irish wrestler um, who's been in WWE for a few years. Um, she's, unlike many wrestlers, she has an actual acting background. Like, she was okay. in acting school. Uh, she's been a stunt woman and had a couple minor roles. So she, like... Her promo work and character work is great because, like, you know, we talked a little bit about, like, how wrestling translates. But, like, frankly, a lot of wrestlers, they're not trained actors, right? They're just right. kind of doing their best. She's a trained actor. She's really good. Uh, and then she's good at the wrestling aspects, too. So, for years, she was just, like, this kind of fan favorite underdog. She Her thing was, like, making a lot of puns. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, and just, like, a really, like... Very aw shucks. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Like, very... Yes, that's a that's a good phrase for it. You know, just kind of happy to be here. Um, right. And, you know, with this sort of saddled, uh, by design or not, with this idea of never being able to win the big one. 
Yeah. Okay. So last summer in August, they ran an angle with her, like, going on a winning streak uh, and winning uh, an opportunity for a championship match. And then... I, sorry, I'm going to yeah. start. Ran an angle. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, an, <laughs> an angle is a storyline. Okay. We call it something different when we're talking about wrestling for no apparent reason. Yeah, that's, no, that's yeah. fair. I just want to clarify yeah, what yeah. you mean here. Yeah. yeah, so that's the storyline is her, you know, finally getting a chance. And then, like, shortly before the match happens, a third person gets shoehorned in who's Charlotte Flair. We don't need to go into it deep on her, but she's, like, she's Ric Flair's daughter. She's wrestling royalty. Okay. She's, like, if you built a, you know, a women's wrestling champion in a lab, you'd get her. Gotcha. Yeah. She's great. She's like, incredible. she fucking rules. One of, yeah, one of the craziest <laughs> wrestlers you'll ever yeah. watch in the world. But at the, at the time, they're trying to bill her as a good guy, um, which, like, she's Ric Flair's daughter. Let her be a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah that's classic Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. like, so the like, it's like the women's division now has these people who are legitimately strong athletes and strong performers yeah. and they're trying to they're finally trying to sell them as such yeah. getting like, them. I'm not saying that previous women's wrestlers didn't fit that bill but they weren't being given the opportunity to be sold yeah absolutely there, you yeah. hear stories about like yeah. you know during the attitude era when like women's wrestling was all brawn panties matches you know the women putting on like solid like 10 20 minute matches on um traveling house shows on televised stuff yeah. you know, just in front of a crowd and then getting told to you know as as one woman put in an interview go out there and shake your ass for two minutes yeah yeah um but so they had this match uh becky lynch charlotte flair i forget carmella i think the champion was um and the idea was that charlotte flair would win and becky lynch would get so frustrated that she'd turn on her friend and turn heel bad guy and right. you know that'd be the stick but when she turned, the crowd fucking loved it. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, her character is like this, you know, hardworking, you know, uh, aw shucks, never win the big one person who just had enough. That really resonated with people for some reason. I like, wonder why. Yeah. 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 And like sort of, you know, the real life subtext is that she's someone who like, you know, almost quit or quit wrestling for several years because she had a concussion and was severely depressed and just dealt with a lot of shit and had to work her way into it. Um so yeah, like every she's. I mean, we talked about that blurring of lines, right? But like mm -hmm. her real story fed her uh, kayfabe story. Uh, but so she got the, uh, you know, they tried to turn her heel. It didn't work. They gave up on it after like two yeah. weeks or something yeah. like that. Um, and then that put her uh, on a collision course. She just became the biggest women star in the company, and it put her on a collision course with Ronda Rousey. Um, there was another thing where like they were supposed to have a match. She broke uh, her face. Yeah, so she got legitimately punched in the face during a match or yeah. during a, a fake brawl. You probably, you know, people watching have probably seen the memes of, like, a woman with bright red hair and blood all over her face yeah. doing the gladiator pose. Because <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty amazing moment. That was so fucking cool. Uh, she was also concussed and doesn't remember any of it, so wow. good instincts. <laughs> yeah, just great yeah. reactions there. Yeah, but, like, so that yeah. catapulted her from, like, a showcase match at Ronda Rousey with Ronda Rousey in November... To being your opponent in WrestleMania, I gotta say too, just as a brief aside, I love like I love this recurring theme I find in all of this, where like the wrestling wants to tell a certain kind of story about a wrestler, and the fans and the no. fans just like, Meh, nah, we don't like yeah. that one. It's like if yeah. I could just show up at a at a football game, like I don't like the Patriots, so they're gonna have to lose now. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, a, a lot of the biggest stars in WWE history, like recently, I think we talked about this before we started uh, recording though, but. Uh, 
they were created from being bad guys that were just so well liked and they were so good at being bad guys or it was just the bad guy and the bad guy thing didn't take and people loved it anyway yeah. like Shawn Michaels is one of those where it was like he was just like he's this dude this like jerk flamboyant guy who like danced and grinded on everything and you were supposed to hate him but people were like this guy's awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was like Razor Ramon was kind yeah. of the same thing uh, The Rock Austin. definitely yeah Stone Cold Steve Austin was just like a psychopathic hillbilly serial killer <laughs> um, and it was awesome yeah like people just love the the shtick of him being like so obsessive about fighting bret hart that they started cheering him and then you know he had a feud with vince mcmahon yeah and we'll go into that i think later when we talk about vince but like yeah. dollar signs everywhere anyway so uh becky lynch ronda rousey and then charlotte flair got added to the match um complicated reasons but it'll probably be a better match that way but so this is like the first time they've really like made the the women's story the centerpiece of their storytelling leading up to wrestlemania and despite two other very good candidates they made it the main event so it's gonna it's a big deal yeah no that's cool like does you does it seem like something that they like feel backed into or is it something they're leaning into because they're trying to read the crowd the same way they do when they i think they're leaning into you're leaning do you think they're leaning in because this is like this is this is it. This is what they've made their women's division for, their current women's division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what it's all been building to, is this moment. And they only have Ronda Rousey for so long, so they want to take advantage of that crossover appeal, right. and this is the the chance to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're backed into it the same way that, again, any company that smells money in social progress is yeah. backed into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like the, the Nike Colin Kaepernick commercial is probably in that yeah, same absolutely. boat. Yeah, like, mm. They see an opportunity to market to a uh, yeah. to a social justice standpoint yeah. because there's a profit there. Yeah, you know? but there are people in the company and decision makers who who take wrestling as you know a, a performance art form seriously enough to be like, we should also do this because it's going to be cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fucking fair enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so the WWE. Um, was also recently involved in uh, something called Crown Jewel. Yes. Um, so this the opposite of hey, we have women headlining our biggest <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, so Crown Jewel um, is a event they put on um, in Saudi Arabia as part of a uh, Saudi Arabia's modernization plan called Vision Twenty Thirty. Um, and they got absolutely roasted for this. They put it on anyway. They went ahead and did it. Yeah. But they got just trashed for it. And the company's biggest stars boycotted it. Yeah. Yeah. Like John, John Cena, Cena wouldn't go. Though. Daniel Bryan wouldn't go. Roman yeah. Reigns wasn't gonna go. And then he got cancer yeah. anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, they yeah, did. Fuck. Yeah, they did the <laughs> yeah. greatest Royal Rumble. So they did ru- the Royal Rumble this this year in um, Saudi Arabia, and that was criticized, but pro- maybe not to the same degree as the Crown Jewel thing is being right now. Yeah. Uh, just real quick context for listeners who might not know: one of the reasons this is criticized and controversial is that it was only male wrestlers. Women can't perform in yeah, Saudi yeah, Arabia. Women can't perform. Yeah. yeah, no, that's right. And like a lot of that criticism would be because this uh, Saudi Arabia plan is about modernization and like one of their big points is like, we're going to let women drive, but they won't let lim- women from a different country do the sport they're trained to do. And then in between uh, Royal Rumble and Crown Jewel, the Saudi government um, murdered and dismembered a journalist as yes. well um, yeah. in an embassy. So that did not go over so yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, so WWE's take on this has been, like, we're part of the, when they bother to address it all, it's like, we're part of the modernization effort, you know, maybe women will get to perform there one day, and, like, selling it as this sort of, like, cultural exchange shit, it's like, listen, if you, like, 
if you want to do cultural exchange and shit like why aren't there shows in Palestine or something right. like that. Like yeah. it's so clearly a cynical ploy into like an approved US ally, uh especially, you know, with their relationship to the Trump administration and we'll get into that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of celebrities on WrestleMania. God, yeah. <laughs> Only president to take a Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> and <laughs> badly. Yeah, he, t- he took it poorly. That was a terrible sell. Yeah, um, awful sell. But, <laughs> yeah, but like... <laughs> this is our angle for, do- for ripping on Donald Trump. Is yeah. like you can't sell a Stone Cold yeah. Stunner. Last time I was on for the now show, it is. Last time I was on the show, we were talking about the fast food thing. Now <laughs> <laughs> taking a bit terrible stunner bump uh but no like yeah it, the the whole crowd so they have i think 10 saudi arabia shows lined up and they're just getting yeah. paid a shitload of money and it's kind of shit like, loads of money yeah. 45 million for greatest royal rumble i think the same number for crown jewel yeah, yeah well, the, the reason yeah. they're getting paid that money is so they can just basically do propaganda for saudi yeah. arabia yeah. like if you watched the greatest royal rumble this wasn't so much in like the other ones but like all they were talking about was how great it is in Saudi Arabia. This is amazing. What a great place. This is the best place they, to didn't be in they, the world. At Greatest World Rumble, didn't even they run run a bit with like a couple Iranian wrestlers like waving the Iranian flag around and getting booed? Oh no, I didn't see that. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget the guys' names. Um, That's like I'm that's this seems like a throwback to like the st- like the really stereotypical vision of wrestling characters yes. where like they just perform as like the horrible this horrible stereotype of some ethnicity or nationality. Yeah. 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 I mean, they've never really stopped fully doing that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't so, this is another quick sidebar, but wasn't there a guy on an independent circuit who his whole character, he was a heel and his whole character was that he was a liberal? That's a dude right now. His name, or his name's Daniel Bryan. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy. Yeah. His whole thing is he's the lib. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is just like, his character now, so he was a fan favorite, yeah. and, um, now his character is to just say the things he actually believes in real life, but be a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> it rules. Yeah, awesome. he's, he's, he's like a, he wears flannel and he just like criticizes he people won for the, their terrible uh, he opinions. Won, he won a championship and then he said the belt was wasteful and had a new one made out of hemp. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Daniel Bryan, come on this podcast. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> We're in Seattle. It's not far from home. <laughs> <laughs> Lib from Seattle, yeah, <laughs> making a belt out of hemp. <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, that's yeah. fucking outstanding. Yeah. Um, so they have, so they still have a bunch of shows lined up, and they're trying to sell us on this sort of incremental uh, modernization of Saudi Arabia. That's really just PR stunts about how great Saudi Arabia is. So basically, yeah. a touring rock band yelling "We love you, Columbus" when they're actually in Cleveland. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's, but a lot yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. say it many yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes back to like you know Vince McMahon, um, and really, his name isn't just like a, a, a synecdoche. WWE is run by Vince McMahon. Like he yeah. is the creative and, and business decision maker. He has a majority stake in the ability to go like, no, damn it, we're doing it my way. He has complete. Um, this is actually how yeah. he says yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he fundamentally just like as a person, it has been clear through his public actions and statements that like he's running a business. He thinks it's his job to take money from fools. Uh, and anything that gets in the way of that is just like a, a personal affront to him. So like the, the the you know concept of like the Saudi Arabia shows being in any way like morally troubling is just like it's not a consideration for him. Why yeah. should it be? He's just, he's a guy sitting there like technically the ball does fit in the can. 
Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So actually, this, this is as good a time as any to start talking about Vince McMahon. I think. Yeah. Um, right. Both as the both Vince McMahon, the uh, corporate overlord, and Vince McMahon, the um, the wrestler. Yes. Those, the these, are two, these are two. These are two These are two things. Like I'm not necessarily going to say they're two different things, but they're two distinct identities. Yeah. Um, so McMahon um, founded the WWE back in I believe as the WWWF the World Wide Wrestling Federation back in the early 80s, um, and uh, then went through the systematic takeover of wrestling territory, used WrestleMania as his flagship um, flagship event, went great, obviously, yeah. clearly, um, and um, ultimately became the WWF, World Wrestling, World Wrestling Federation, went through a feud with WCW that he ultimately won, acquired uh, WCW, Lost a lawsuit to the World Wildlife Fund, so we had to change his <laughs> yeah. name to the WWE. Got smacked by a panda. <laughs> smacked hard. No. And uh, has basically been the... Has been king shit of the wrestling world ever since. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Tell me tell me about this guy. Uh, the character or the dude? Uh, let's start with the character, actually. Let's start with wrestling. Yeah. We'll stick in wrestling, and then we'll come to the reality again. The character Vince McMahon at We're first... We're in kayfabe. ...was yes. just a... Uh, he was just the color... No, he wasn't the color commentary. He was the actual... Play-by-play uh, guy, He was play-by-play yeah. play guy. He was mm-hmm. before Jim Ross. Yeah, there was he him. was bad at it, too. Yeah, he wasn't good. It was just him and then Jerry Lawler. And that was, like... Like, you knew he ran the company, but, like, then he had this character. So his character wasn't as the boss until maybe 96, I guess, when Jim Ross took over that. And then he became the on-air boss. It wasn't... There was a very specific... Like, it was alluded to, but the moment when it became a thing was the Montreal Screwjob. Oh, yeah. Do you want to explain that? Oh, yeah. It's one of my, it's one of my like, wildest wrestling moments. It's... So I, I'm excited to hear your reaction to this. <laughs> I'm I'm, ex- I'm interested. So I get this is like ninety six, ninety seven. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart they're ha- they're having this feud, and it's kind of a real life feud because they don't like each other. I, I actually read a little bit about this. Like uh, they yeah. they they dislike each other heavily, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Bret Hart was, you know, this sort of classic. His character was like a classic babyface, uh, and as a real guy, like as a real person, he was just like a pretty decent dude who was just he took wrestling way too seriously oh, yeah, as a thing. All right, he was trained uh, by his father in the yeah. Hart Dungeon, and yeah. like a, where a lot of wrestlers are trained. Apparently, it's really brutal, and everything's wrestling, 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 yeah. wrestling, wrestling, uh, like Peyton Manning or some shit yeah. like that. Yes, and then Shawn Michaels was just like probably mo- one of the most talented wrestlers ever to live, who was at least at that time in the late nineties just a total piece of shit. Like yeah. just okay. this obsessed with protecting his spot, obsessed with like being you know the coolest guy in the ring, uh, and then also just doing a shitload of drugs and like sleeping with everyone yeah. and generally making life hell. Yeah. Okay. But before that feud like really came to a head, Bret Hart had to be a bad guy. And for that to happen, I'm going to segue just a little bit to WrestleMania 13, where <laughs> okay. Steve Austin and Bret Hart do something that I don't think it's ever been done in, in WrestleMania before. They did it what they call a double turn. So during their match, Bret Hart came in as the good guy. Stone Cold came in as the bad guy. The events that happened in the ring turned Stone Cold into the good guy and Bret Hart into the bad guy. That's okay. another good candidate for like best wrestling. And it was ever. one of the craziest things. I could watch it on YouTube. Yeah, like if you've the, never seen any yes. wrestling, watch that on YouTube. It's nuts. 
especially with the Stone Cold commentary on it. It's very, oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, Stone Cold has a podcast where he just talks about wrestling and his old matches. It's like, man, this guy is incredibly smart and insightful. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that's how they turned Bret Hart into a bad guy. Because I don't think he'd ever been a bad guy no. before. He was always just like the another, aw shucks, I'm the nice guy. Everyone loves me. I'm from Canada. Yeah, I give my sunglasses to little kids. Yeah, he used to give his yeah. sunglasses Just to as kids. a sidebar, the best part of his heel run in, in 1997 was that he was a bad guy because he would, one of his things was like going like, I'm from Canada and it's so much better there. You stupid Americans don't even have health care. <laughs> Which <laughs> it was a very good burn, we have to admit. Yeah. No, like, um, I feel very that hurts owned. my feelings. Yeah. But it meant that owned. every time they ran a show in Canada, everything was flipped and he was just greeted like a fucking god. It was so <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. So he's the bad guy. He's feuding with Shawn Michaels. And um, Bret Hart's about to leave the company. He hates okay. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is garbage. Like, he, and he knows it. And Vince McMahon literally can't pay him yeah. their contract. So he's yeah. going to go to WCW, the competition. Yeah, Ted Turner's going to give... Was this um, at the moment when WCW was actually winning the Monday Night Wars? Um, the uh, com- yeah. competition yes. between, uh, I believe it was a Nitro yeah. and Raw. Yes. Yeah, yeah. WCW were, was yeah. winning, like, yeah. super hard. Yeah, they, they, comp- they bought all the old... WWF wrestlers that were like big time. Right, right. Yeah, so they're competing. Uh, Monday Night Promotion was winning in the ratings. Yeah. yeah. So Bret Hart's about to leave the company and he has the title on him. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, that's not a thing that you want to happen. And so the idea was they're going to have a match in Montreal with Shawn Michaels. And the idea was Bret Hart didn't want to lose to Shawn Michaels in Canada. He was going to find another way to lose the belt. They were just going to vacate it or do Yeah, he was going to surrender it the next yeah. night yeah, on he TV. Wa- yeah, he wanted to do something like that because like, it would. Bret Hart is very, very. Uh, he's very into this idea that he's just the best guy in Canada and there's no <laughs> way he can lose. And he thinks right. maybe Vince will do this last favor for me. And Vince says, yeah, sure, whatever, fine. And then something happens between when they figure out what the match was supposed to be and the time where they ring the bell and the match starts. But during this time, Vince McMahon decides that Bret Hart's going to lose the match. And Bret Hart has no idea he's going to lose the match. <laughs> yeah. So they do a whole thing where he has... he, he Bret has Shawn Michaels in the sharpshooter, what do you call it? His like, big finishing move. It's a submission hold where, like... Uh, the guy, you know, has to submit. And then Michaels reverses it, I think. And he has Brett in his own hold. Like, oh man, what a cool spot. Yeah. And then Vince McMahon runs out yelling, ring the fucking bell. <laughs> and they ring the bell and say that Brett submitted. Oh, yeah. God. Which he did not. <laughs> no. And like, you know, there's a, uh, was it Wrestling with Shadows? Was yeah, that yeah, do- yeah. yeah, there's a great yeah. documentary that has like footage from that night where like, Brett searched Vince out and punched him in the fucking face. <laughs> yep. At first, he spit on him. Yes, in the like out from the out the ring out to the outside where McMahon was standing. Brett Hart spit on him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then yeah. sought him out and punched him. Yeah. Holy shit! But like part of the outcome of this was Vince McMahon did that on screen. Millions of people saw it. So he turned that into an in character thing. Where the next night he came out as Vince McMahon, the owner of WWF, a character who was, like, the bad boss who had screwed over his employee, and he turned it into a storyline, and so, then... hang on. Yes. He actively sent a wrestler into a ring with a script that the wrestler was going to follow, believing that there would be one outcome, yes. actively interfered in that script on live television in order to ensure a second outcome, pissed that dude off immeasurably. Yes. Um, then decided to use this entire event to turn as a part of a storyline despite having intentionally beyond the world of 
kayfabe yes. part of the world of kayfabe. Yeah. I told you, man. It's <laughs> It's wild. Yes. Yeah. Wrestling is weird. Yeah. And the thing was that, like, that became one of the best decisions he ever made because the whole, like, the Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon feud that was, like, the moneymaker that turned the WWF around was born from that. Because now you had Vince the character as the dickhead boss and Stone Cold Steve Austin as the guy beating up his boss, which is literally <laughs> everyone's fantasy. Yeah. The, the best the best part of that is um, Vince McMahon is like in the hospital hurt like his leg is injured or something probably from something Stone Cold did to him <laughs> probably <laughs> and so he's like Stone Cold sneaks into the hospital wearing scrubs and a mask and sneaks into Vince's room beats him up hits him over the head with his own bedpan and then sticks something up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> It's. I think it's a. It's a. a, a maybe it's a colonoscopy thing. Like he <laughs> yeah. jabbed something in his ass. If if you really want to understand like late nineties WWF, <laughs> just look at the number of South Park related signs in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so from that point on, Vince was a character, and then his whole family became characters, and that's just been like the order of the day for the last. God, at this point, uh, t- almost twenty-five years. Yeah, because uh, this, because you said this happened in ninety-six. It's yeah, almost twenty-five years. Yeah, yeah, like is the McMahons being sort of the real but also storyline owners of the company who just periodically descend from Mount Olympus to fuck with the mortals? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And then so and then this, of course, it's it's odd to me that we have this parallel now of uh, McMahons relationship with his um well he wouldn't call them employees but with the wrestlers who wrestle under the wwe banner where he's their enemy in the story but they they also have a very contentious relationship in the in real life yes and again we referenced this a bit when talking about cm punk so what's going on with wrestlers and how they relate to mcmahon well John Oliver already did this episode for us. Uh, yeah, I, well, let's I, let's rehash yeah, for yeah, our for yeah. people who may not have seen this. Yeah, but. basically, I, actually, we can go. I don't know. I don't think John Oliver covered the union thing. No, no he did. So one of the reasons that WWF uh, and now WWE uh, is not that they are not employees, uh, let they are not unionized, let alone employees, is that Hulk Hogan is a motherfucking scab. <laughs> yeah. Like, is he really? Yes. Uh, yeah. In the 80s, Jesse, uh, Governor Jesse Ventura, who was, who was then a... I, I don't think he was a wrestler anymore, right? He was just a commentator, or was he still wrestling at that point? In the 80s? Yeah. I think he might have been a little bit. Maybe yeah. off and on. Maybe like, But so yeah. he had started to discuss uh, with other performers the idea of unionizing. Now, I'm not saying like he was very far along on this or had a concrete plan. I don't know if he like, had a card check ready to go or anything but but they were discussing it and hulk hogan ratted him out jesus yeah yeah hulk hogan is a fucking scab yeah all right well fuck hulk hogan. he's one of the worst people in the world oh yeah and he's a racist yeah he's, yeah. he's genuine and yeah. like helped kill gawker uh, yeah, yeah no that's P- teamed fuck, up with like, peter Thiel. what a weird yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the, the eventual like un- non-approved hulk hogan biopic is going to be amazing yeah right yeah. Um, but yeah so that kind of kick-started many, many years of WWF basically in an abusive relationship with everyone who works for them, where they largely treat them like shit and then every so often go out of their way to do something nice in front of cameras. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and I guess, uh, like we said, Oliver covered a lot of this. And really, if you want to learn more about this, I'm going to recommend anyone listening, just watch this segment, because he does a better job of covering what's happening to wrestlers in the long term than I think we can or really are going to be able to do. But the short version is these guys are getting the shit kicked out of them, and they're suffering, and they have no health care, they have no support outside of just going back into the ring that put them in this position to begin with. Um, I mean, you know, you look at something like the NFL, where the players do have a union, however weak, they have a higher profile than pro wrestlers, you know, there is more attention paid to, like, the cost of playing football, and shit is still completely fucked up for them, you know, the, the, the length of careers, the traumatic brain injuries, just everything that happens. Now imagine that, but, like, all basically subject to the whims of one guy and with no union or official employee status. Yeah. It's yeah. It's worse than the it's worse than the NFL. Yes. No, that's a that yeah, is a real yeah. low bar to make yeah. it. Under. And I mean, like the NFL, it has in recent years gotten better. Just I mean, well, it got better because one of WWE's big stars went insane and killed his wife and son. Yeah. Um, oh well, that always yeah. yes. helps. Might not be the worst. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Chris Benoit. Yeah. Um, so the the fallout from that a big part was like WWE finally you know, starting to pay more attention to, like, head injury. You know, if you look at, like, old WrestleManias and shit, like, from when we're talking about, there are people getting hit in the head with folding chairs. Yeah. They don't do yeah. that anymore. You can't hit a guy in the head because you might damage his brain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's still, I mean, it, it is just, you know, like what we were talking about with, with Saudi Arabia before, it's always going to be what Vince McMahon can get away with. Yeah. Uh, and that level has changed, but it's still there. Yeah, like, they had to ban, what, like, pile drivers because people would, like, uh, get their, their necks, necks broken. And, yeah, because yeah, at a very large rate. I mean, Stone Cold got his neck broken on a pile driver. And then they had to, like, they were just forced in a situation where they had to ban this move. Although, The Undertaker is still allowed to do the move because yeah. he's The Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. Well, and his is different, right? Like, yeah. it's the, the tombstone pile driver yeah. is slightly... Uh, in a regular pile driver, you basically like you have a guy's head between your knees and you yeah, fall backwards like, and yeah, pull yeah. him down. Yeah. The Undertaker does it falling forwards, so there's like more control and his knees always hit first. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're protecting each other, and I get the yeah. feeling wrestlers generally do yes. want to protect I mean, yeah, each other. Yeah, you know, a big part of it, like there is a certain understanding that, like, hey, what we're doing is like choreographed violence. Yeah. Just because it's choreographed doesn't mean it's not violence. People are going to get. You know, it, it's, it's the world's most yeah. extreme stage fighting. Yeah, yeah like yeah. there are going to be bumps and bruises and injuries that just happen. Yeah. Uh, but there was a real, and remains, a lack of any real willingness to deal with that everyday cost. I mean, wrestlers don't have an off-season. They perform yeah. all year round, multiple days a week. Yeah. And if you take time off, you'll lose your spot. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things that's like, you can't ever stop for whatever reason if you're injured or not. You have to keep going because you might lose your spot, and then that means your money is gone. Because they're the only, they're the only league. <laughs> so that ex- so that's both. These are policies of both McMahon, the evil character, and McMahon, the evil fucking person. Yeah. So what? Like, like let's get more into McMahon as an actual human being. Like, sure. Let's uh, like, what's what is this asshole's deal? I mean, he's a weird carny. Like, what it boils down to is that he he is from this background of, like, essentially running... I mean, so we were going to get into this at some point anyway. He has a long-standing relationship with Donald Trump, right? Like, they've yeah. done business together. Donald Trump was on WrestleMania taking the worst Stone Cold Stunner ever. Um, and they're just kind of in the same 
sphere of uh, con artists who have found a venue for their talents. And they're actually still in, like, they're still very connected to each other. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, Linda McMahon holds a position as a, the, well, she held a position as in the small business, uh, the administrator of small business in the Trump cabinet until now she quit just recently, what, like four days ago? So she could run Trump's super PAC for 2020. Yeah, that yeah. was on um, Friday. Yeah. Last yeah. Friday. Yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. You look at, like, the, the various assemblage of, like, fucking ghouls who surround Trump and Linda McMahon make like seems normal by comparison because she has no pretensions she's not like a a, a really hard right ideologue or anything like that she's just someone who's fundamentally is like I want to make money and I'm in a position where I can make a lot of money if I just fuck with the rules a little bit and she just has no pretensions of like it being for America or anything it makes yeah. her look like very normal compared to like fucking yeah. Mike Pence or, you know, Jeff Sessions or yeah. whoever. Well, and, like, her connections to politics, like, she, uh, obviously she was the director of uh, small businesses until last week, late last week. Um, she also ran for Senate in Connecticut twice. She lost by 12 points in 2010 and 11, or, and 11 points in 2012. Um, and now she's going to run Trump's super PAC. But this yeah. whole family has been really tied up in Republican, um, Republican activism and fundraising on the East Coast for a very long time. Um, I'm gonna point. I'm gonna bring this up because I found this out um, while I was doing some research, and I love this fact very much. Uh, the McMahons regularly contribute to uh, Sacred Heart University, and I only find this funny because Sacred Heart University is late rated as the United States' least affordable university based <laughs> on its uh, tuition against its actual academic <laughs> performance. Wow, it's really expensive, and it sucks. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. This is, like, their education spending. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, the big man's, like, it's not that surprising that they're friendly to Trump because they're, they're the same sort of, like, you know, third-generation immigrant family, I, th I think, like, Vince's yeah. grandfather came over from Ireland or something like that. You know, yeah. nouveau rich, um, very, like, sort of lazily racist like you know just the, the these implicit like oh everyone will find this dancing black guy funny because that's what my class of people finds funny kind mm -hmm. of thing um and then ultimately being you know carnies and con artists like just being in this uh in this business of separating people from their money and having the opportunity to take it to a very grand extreme Right, and like uh, McMahon's control over the WWE and its creative process does it's not doesn't seem like it's done in a wink, winking fashion, like in a like in a lighthearted. I'm really you know, I'm creating entertainment. It's really it's he's. I think he considers himself in the entertainment business. Absolutely, but I don't think he considers himself an entertainer. He's. I don't know. It's hard to say because like one thing you could say about Vince McMahon is that like he doesn't. He does a lot of that shit. Like, wasn't it, like, just a, a year ago that he had Kevin Owens, a very good wrestler, headbutt him on yeah. TV? And, like, he got beat up, yeah. Yeah, and he's, like, yeah. 70. Like, yeah. he, he is someone who believes in the... I don't want to say respectability, but in the seriousness of, of his trade. Like, he'll okay. be out there yeah. doing shit. Um, he won the title. Oh, yeah, that's he right. He won the world championship. Yeah, but, like, that, Vince that was... McMahon did? Yeah. Yes. But that's interesting because that like, sounds like Donald Trump giving yeah. himself a trophy at a golf course. But yeah. here's the thing: I like mean, he's basically yeah. like Donald Trump. <laughs> he is basically like Donald Trump. But unlike like the the difference between him and Trump is that he will 
he shows he'll show his ass on camera basically he get he knows that like the money is in him getting his ass kicked gotcha uh, okay that is that's actually learned, a big he learned difference that. he learned yeah, that like early his, yeah, his, yeah. his son Shane who's like not necessarily the next in line to inherit the company because he's got a daughter and a son-in-law we can talk about too, but who is part of the family business. Shane's whole shtick is that he is the guy who jumps off things and falls off things and just like kills himself on camera. He yeah. doesn't have to do any of that. I'm yeah. sure there's like there's a rush, there's entertainment, but like the McMahons are, I mean, they're just fucking weird, man. They're weirdos and wrestling is their business and they have a certain amount of dedication to making that business look good at the cost of their own bodies, but they have health insurance and their contractors don't. So yeah. you can only give them so much credit. Yeah. Well, and they've tried other businesses. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about some of those yeah. businesses. Like, well, there was the, the <laughs> most notably, most notably there was the XFL, which every, like was one of everybody's favorite sports jokes oh, at this yeah. point. Um, from the iconic guy wearing "He Hate Me" as his name on his jersey to just the fact that it lasted for approximately half a year. Yeah, um, and Tommy Maddox was there. Yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was also the um, what was it? The uh, World Bodybuilding Federation, which folded in a year and was instrumental in getting McMahon indicted for forcing people to take steroids. Yo, Vince loves fucking huge, muscly dudes. Yeah. yeah That's been like a recurring thing. theme of, you know, the WWE is the uh, presence of a not very talented, huge, muscly dude getting pushed to the top because Vince thinks he has the look and everything else will come along later. Braun, Braun Strowman. Is Braun's that, good though. Braun's yeah, like, I like him, and, and he's not. You know, he doesn't really have that sort of sculpted physique. He's an actually strong yeah. guy, which means he's like, you know, just just big. But more, I mean, uh, uh, Psycho Sid or Sid Vicious, oh, yeah. whatever he's written. Yeah, he was that guy. Lex Luger. Very Lug- dangerous. Do you remember Lex Luger? Yeah, I do remember yeah, Lex Luger. He sucked. <laughs> yeah, he was stuck. <laughs> really beefy. Well, Sid, Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, he was so dangerous to work with in the ring. He just didn't understand how body parts work. So the way he ended his career was uh, when he was in WCW, he jumped off the top rope and one of his moves was to land on one foot and kick you. I kind of acted it out, but yeah. Did he like... <laughs> it was well, like a flying like, crane yeah. kick. It's yeah. like, my dude, you're seven foot three hundred. Your one ankle cannot support you landing. And what happens? Spaghetti. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh. one of the grossest things you'll ever see. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'll take. I'm just a yeah. hard pass. He was a yeah. big dude that Vince liked, but he was very dangerous in the ring. He was rough. Uh, who was the dude recently who was kind of like Rhino and he quit? But not like Ryback. Ryback, yeah. It's, yeah. It's Why do I know that name? How do I know that name? Is uh, he wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> was he massive? Yeah, oh, he, he was, was a massive, like enormous. <laughs> All right. Yeah, his he was a wrestler that Vince wanted to push early, but he was just too dangerous. Like he just hurt people. Like he just wasn't good. He didn't care about other people's health. Yeah, there's there's a famous story where he was fighting, you know, CM Punk who we've talked about before. They had a match and Ryback kept really hitting him and Punk was like, "Listen, either you've got a problem with me or you're a dumbass." And Ryback was like, "I'm a dumbass. I'm sorry." <laughs> Uh, my favorite, uh, we'll do one more uh, other failed WWF, uh, or this was a WWF venture, it's the best one I found, the Wrestle Vessel, um, the WWF Theme Cruise. 
describe define failure. <laughs> well, it only lasted for two years. Two awesome years, maybe. <laughs> Who doesn't want to ride a cruise with Savio Vega? Apparently, a lot of people. Don't. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was Savio Vega. Was it? Which yeah, two it years was it? Uh, it was '96 into 1999. You're right, man. Savio Vega. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, uh, probably. I think Ken Shamrock was probably around in oh, that yeah. era. Mark Marrow. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought Ken Shamrack was a MMA fighter. He, he was. was. Oh, okay. He was, See, the, he was, the, was first the first one crossover guy. Okay. He was okay. very good. He was super popular, too, because yeah. he just, he tapped into, like, similarly to how Stone Cold was incredibly popular because everyone wants to beat up their boss. Yes. Ken Shamrock was incredibly popular because the one thing he did really was just lose his fucking mind like awesome. he had a, a famous match i think it was was his match against the rock at wrestlemania where he got disqualified for being too good at kicking the rock's ass i think that was a wrestlemania match <laughs> they, they were this is when the rock was like early in his career and still ostensibly a bad guy but yeah, like, yeah. Like, people already liked him because he was really good yeah, yeah. Uh, but like ken shamrock beat the shit out of him and got him to submit to an ankle lock uh, and then just kept kicking his ass, and then security tried to separate them, and he kept kicked security's ass, uh, and then he was just retroactively disqualified <laughs> for being too yeah. good at kicking yeah. men's asses. <laughs> so Ken Shamrock was very popular. I I like I like kind of remember that. Yeah. Like I'm like it's now coming back. I'm like that's right. He got retroactively disqualified for a thing he did after the match. Yeah, he was yeah. he was just like it was like here get in this match and beat this guy up, and he was too good at beating that guy up. That was the Survivor Series. Yeah, that's what it was during yeah. the uh, the the tournament where The Rock actually won the title for the first time yeah. and, and turned heel. Yeah, after turning face and then turning heel. Yeah, again. yeah, just. A, uh. Wow. Anyway, yeah, Wrestle Vessel. Um, Ken Shamrock might have been on it. Getting Ken mad. Shamrock, yeah. Mark Marrow Sable. Yeah. Probably Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the version of Hunter Hearst yeah. Helmsley that we should like, talk about. I'm the rich guy. We should talk about him a little bit and, and Stephanie. Yeah. Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Yeah. Triple H? Triple H. Um, so, okay. Uh, real name, Jean-Paul Levesque. Uh, but everyone, including his wife, calls him Hunter. Okay. So he yeah. was a wrestler who came in to WWF with the gimmick of Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who was, you know, a blue-blooded New England snob. And he was just Vince McMahon subtweeting his old money neighbors. Like, that was literally the genesis of the gimmick. Yeah. was okay. like, here is this rich guy who is an asshole and has a butler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and no one likes him. And yeah. he's just a rich jerk yeah. and he's he bows. He yes. does his little yeah. curtsy uh, thing. Hunter, we'll call him Hunter in real life, has is just a, a wrestling obsessive. Like, he fucking loved that whole thing. This is just his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, as his character progressed, and he got to add more aspects of that, he like... You know, started teaming with Shawn Michaels and went from, like, a blue-blooded, you know, New England snob to a punk teenager. Yeah, who makes uh, dick jokes. Yeah, yeah, like, their their big thing was pointing at their dicks. Yeah. They, they, they <laughs> oh, right, no, with, I remember yeah, that. The suck it thing. Yeah, they, yeah. they kept, yeah, the D-Generation X yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember, he, that's saw that on playgrounds all the time as a kid. Yeah. He I had turned, no idea what was happening. He turned <laughs> pointing at his dick into a career. <laughs> Yeah, and then his, after that, his gimmick was, I like Motorhead, and I have a motorcycle. Yeah, like, he, so what happened was that in storyline, he um, had a complicated and, and, like, possibly incredibly unacceptable relationship with Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter, right. uh, who was brought in as a storyline character, as, like, you know, the the, like, innocent, you know, daddy's girl. And the way the storyline went was that Hunter, like, 
possibly kidnapped and roofied her. It was really gross. Yeah, that's really uh, fucked up. It was, it was like, yeah, like, there's a lot of old or not-so-old WWF plot lines that are, like, super rapey and disgusting. Yeah. Uh, but the, the outcome of that one was that she was in on it all along. Yeah. It was uh, an inside job. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then Which what is I, a weird thing to do. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was super... And here's where it gets meta again. They started dating in real life and yeah, then got married. married. Like, yeah. They're legit married. Yeah, yeah. so now Hunter uh, is like the the chief operations officer, both yeah. on screen and in real life, and is just one of the guys running the company and set up to inherit the company. And his thing is that he is a giant wrestling nerd. Like, And if he wasn't like, you know born with uh you know a ton of athletic gifts and this obsessive drive to be good at this then he'd be some dude with a wrestling podcast like yeah. he fucking loves this shit yeah yeah he'd have he'd have a chris jericho podcast <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but so like a lot of where wwe is at right now is sort of this push pull of like their desire to make money and their weird desire for mainstream respectability that they also think is like they, they simultaneously scorn and want uh, and then the just like let's just do cool wrestling instinct, yeah. Uh, and it's all going on at once, and it all kind of plays out um, on screen. It's kind of, that's a got to be a wild dynamic to watch happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it kind of and that's the the thing. Like going back to the meta nature of it, um, they are an incredibly as a company they are very aware of criticism and they use it like this whole you know the 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 ronda rousey wrestlemania match thing where she's like giving promos and public statements where she pretends to be not pretending that like wrestling is fake and i'm a real fighter and i'm gonna kick ass like all of that is them responding to public scrutiny and like they just have this Wrestling has a very weird relationship with the real world at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I get that. I definitely get that impression. Well, because my understanding is that um, the first official public acknowledgement of kayfabe was... Vince McMahon essentially trying to dodge athletic athletic event taxes in front of Congress. Like... Yeah, he's just kidding everybody. It's fake. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's a, like that was the first time it was like, oh, it's not. A, it's scripted. It's not actually a sport, like a sporting event. Yeah. This is just a show for entertainment. And he did that in order to basically avoid paying some fees and some taxes he would have had to otherwise pay. It's funny that he he like went so far about out of his way to avoid saying that those clear fiction is fiction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a Game of Thrones showrunner being like, I don't want to tell you it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> we live in a universe of infinite possibilities. <laughs> There's not a Westeros? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Then where did I film this? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Answer me that, smarty McStiltskin. Yeah. Shut up, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering how that became Rumpelstiltskin halfway through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ask myself this question every time I try and like make fun of someone's name. Yeah. Like, how yeah. did I end up at Rumpelstiltskin every time? <laughs> <laughs> every time every yeah. time <laughs> so let me let me give another example of this weird relationship with reality um so one of the other big matches at wrestlemania this year is daniel bryan versus kofi kingston for the wwe title um daniel bryan we've talked about a little already he was like a former fan favorite another guy who got over as a fan favorite by being a very entertaining heel 
Uh, and now he's a heel again who is just saying the stuff he really believes about environmentalism and social justice, but being a huge dick about it. Right. He rules. He's He is possibly the best wrestler alive in terms of in-ring shit. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's facing Kofi Kingston, who's a guy who's been in the WWE for 11 years. He's currently part of a team uh, called The New Day, which is a trio of guys who took shit and turned it into gold. I, I adore them. They are so yeah. good. So, like... This is an important part of the context of this. Like, the New Day are probably the highest profile black wrestlers in WWE right now. They're just okay. three incredibly talented, charismatic dudes who can take any. Like, for the last two years, they've been handing out pancakes to the crowd. <laughs> and it rules. Like, they've made pancakes. That was not a series of words they I expected hosted, to come out of your mouth. They once hosted WrestleMania dressed as Final Fantasy characters. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they, uh, they have a cereal out you can buy at the store there it's called bootios <laughs> yeah. um they run like a, a a wwe approved side project called up up down down where they just get rest other wrestlers on to lose at video games and get mad about it yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway yeah so kofi is of the three of them the one who's been in wwe the longest he, he was originally introduced as like he, you know, a Jamaican uh, gimmick. Yeah, uh, this is our yeah, Jamaican things, guy. One of the things that Vince McMahon loves to do is, if you are a different race that isn't white, or sometimes if you're like you know Irish or something, <laughs> oh, yeah, like Seamus. Yeah, like Seamus. <laughs> it's like if you are like if like if you're if you're if you're from Japan. You're just the Japanese guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's if you have a really so, if you have the easiest possible yeah. identity, is yeah. always the one. And it was yeah. like, oh, this this guy—he's yeah. the Jamaican. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. He used to do like he doesn't do a fake Jamaican accent anymore. Though they have occasionally lampshaded it, like the time that the New Day set up a time machine in the center of the ring and Kofi came out of it being Jamaican again, and they had to drag him back in. Like, I'm telling you, the New Day is so good. They're very good. Actually. <laughs> I was yeah. just like imagining like at some point like a black wrestler walking in there like Vince is like you're gonna be the Jamaican guy wear this Rasta hat this guy's like I'm not doing that yeah, <laughs> yeah just immediately being like dude I'm from like Sioux Falls yeah <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about right now <laughs> um, but so that context is important so like Kofi Kingston he was actually he was like an injury replacement for another match. Uh, to, like, get a shot at the title that no one thought he'd actually win, but the crowd got behind him. It was another example of, of WWE getting handed a gift horse yeah. and, like, managing not to look it in the mouth uh, and running this story over the past few months of him having to jump through hoops to get his WrestleMania match for the title against Daniel Bryan. And they have, I can't believe I'm saying this, but done a very good job of handling the implicit racism of it by having by doing the best thing possible and letting the new day kofi and his two partners do it themselves that's so mm. that series of words i expected I even less than they have been handing out pancakes right <laughs> yeah no it's and like what they, they you know it, it's a good example of like how wwe like any company gets dragged into doing shit by the fact that the new day are incredibly popular make them a shitload of money and are all good at this yeah so here's it so that's awesome, obviously, yeah. but I have like another clarifying question, which like when we're talking, like if we're talking about a scripted entertainment block like WrestleMania or the WWE, what the hell does a title mean? It means that they believe in you, I guess. Yeah, it means. I mean, if in the in the scripted world, it means that you're the fake champion. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like, no, you, I get that. The, like, but obviously, in but... the in the in the like real world, the nonfiction world, it means that the company like just 
they notice you as a person that can be a face of the franchise or if you're a heel i guess be the guy who you're built up who you are capable of being built up enough as a bad guy so the guy who will become the eventual face of the franchise needs to beat you in order yeah. to become the rock or this the next rock the next yeah. stone cold I mean, the next hulk hogan so and, outside you know. of kayfabe or kayfabe as i promised i would say one time today kayfabe. <laughs> hey, kayfabe. i made a pizza earlier that's true it was delicious Hell good pizza. It was super good pizza <laughs> thank you You're welcome. it was great <laughs> So, but so, like, outside of the kayfabe, it's really sort of a recognition of... It's kind of a professional accomplishment. Yeah, it's employee of the month. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. it comes with job security and merch sales. You know, you're yeah. higher profile, you're going to get... So a big thing uh, financially is that wrestlers get a portion of the, like, DVD sales and rewatches for mm-hmm. any show that they appear on. If you have a title, you're going to be on more shows. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up about, like, the whole Kofi Kingston thing is that part of what, like, the hoops he had to jump through to get his match on screen was Vince McMahon just arbitrarily making him jump through more hoops. Like, you beat these five guys in a row. Oh, you have to fight a sixth guy. Change my mind. Yeah. And, like, they've just, you know, they hung a lampshade on it of, like, Vince is making him do this because he's black. The WWE mm. has only ever had one black world champion, The Rock. Yeah. Um, and The New Day has... Been, you know, they have have taken uh, license on like their own Twitter accounts and then like on the show to very clearly state without staying it that like we have to work twice as hard for everything. Yeah, you know, and, and they've done and they've actually been able to work that into the story. Yeah, within and, and the it's world. that weird meta thing where like the thing is that this story only works because people can in real life acknowledge that Vince McMahon is a racist piece of shit yeah. who has treated his black employees, his various employees of color differently, who has made them jump through more hoops, who has made them dress up in a stupid fucking hat and be like, hey, I'm from Jamaica, man, when, you know, I, I forget where Kofi's really from, but it's not Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that weird blending of, of reality and fiction is just the secret to wrestling success. Like, it's why it's so entertaining and also why it's just like the dirt worst sometimes that's a, that's a, god that's such i don't know that seems like even more of a reason to be involved in the world just like being able to see this cross section of things that are objectively shitty about yes. like the external world of wrestling mm-hmm. but also see them like treated in world and especially if like if the people who support wrestling get behind it as something that can be surpassed i guess yeah. and I guess if you have to fight a Vince McMahon, or and as I know him, the guy who looks like a bridge troll found a bunch of pomade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon is definitely a dapper dad, man. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Um, but you can do that in in this kayfabe world. And that's, I, I don't know. I'm, you, yeah. you might be selling me on this whole fucking thing a it's little be, bit. This is, is going to be a saying. really good WrestleMania. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Like, I thought last year's was going to be good, but this is going to be nuts. You know what is going to be fucking dope? We can cut this section if the episode is too long, but as long as we're talking about it, is a NXT. Oh, we're going long this time. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah. NXT to, on Friday night. So NXT is kind of WWE's... It was originally like their minor leagues. Now it's basically their their third show. Like they have Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, NXT was like theoretically where wrestlers who weren't ready for the big time would like learn the WWE style. Yeah. But part of that, what it has become basically, is like really good independent wrestlers getting to practice the WWE style by just putting on 
fucking insanely good matches. Uh, and it's run by, like, Triple H, uh, Super Wrestling Dork runs it and just uses it as sort of his test lab to tell stories that... It's basically, like, every everyone who was, like, watching wrestling when they were 13 and came up with their own wrestler, all of the characters in NXT are that. Yeah, and NXT has produced... Uh, like a lot of the the heavy hitters on the roster. Yeah, like Seth Rollins, Seth, who's going to be yeah. fighting Brock Lesnar, who you've probably heard of. I have definitely yeah, heard of Brock yeah. Lesnar. Yeah, Seth Rollins yeah. is an NXT guy. Uh, Becky Lynch. So all of like the the Charlotte whole like Flair, yeah. yeah the whole like women's revolution as they call it the the rise in women's wrestling that in all WWE. came through NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the big four. Yeah. Becky, Sasha Banks and yeah. Bailey. Yeah, Sasha uh, Banks is my favorite. Oh yeah, the, so she's Snoop Dogg's cousin. Yeah, she's, <laughs> and she's Dogg's super cousin. fucking good. Yeah, she's incredible. Her her gimmick is that she was another aw shucks good guy, and then she put on a pair of stunner shades and became a fucking yeah. like villainous legend. Yeah, yeah. She has a she yeah. has a an Iron Man match that she did with Becky Lynch. Oh, not Becky Lynch. Bailey, that she did with yeah. Bailey in like what 2015, like when they were still in the minors, so like good. The NXT. And like she was so ruthless in that, and it yeah. was that one of one of my like favorite matches ever. No, but NXT is just like something. I, I honestly like something that we it is easy to forget is that WWE is fundamentally marketed at least part of the way towards kids. It is like, you know, you show up with your kids, there's something for you and something for them. Like yeah. Yeah. you know, even in like the uh the the like Stone Cold Steve Austin, everyone flipping each other off era, there was a level of like this is marketed for kids who watch South Park. Yeah, there's um, there's still like too cool and Rikishi to do a dance yeah, in, the, in, yeah, the, in the ring and yeah. like make everyone clap and yay, this is great. Uh, and I'm not saying that you know now that I think about it, like NXT definitely has some of that, but like it is fundamentally there for like 30 year olds who are still into pro wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> like it definitely has kid appeal. Like Bailey was the ultimate kid appeal character. Yeah, her thing uh, is she hugs people. Yes, her entrance <laughs> is like, you know the like wacky uh, flailing arm inflatable tube man you see outside car dealerships. Yeah, it's the wacky wa- wacky arm flailing inflatable tube man. The wacky arm flailing inflatable tube man. Yeah, yeah, she has four of those pop out for her entrance. It's great, yeah, and then she just comes out and hugs a bunch of people. Yeah. All right. She rules. She's just nice. That's her thing. Yeah. I can't wait for her to go heal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so NXT... What, she punch a kid? Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> stunt like kid. Easiest, it's a stunt kid. It seems like the easiest way to go heal. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, yeah. what do you think of Becky? Well, she didn't smack that toddler. <laughs> yeah. Like, hard. That toddler fell off the embankment into yeah. that pit of lava. Yeah. <laughs> Why would we even have a pit of lava? Well, when you have undead warlocks. That's true. Yeah, the undead warlocks on the there. roster. <laughs> Then, yeah, you know. <laughs> but yeah. So Friday night is NXT's big show before WrestleMania. They always get to do one every year just before WrestleMania. Um, it's the culmination of a bunch of their storylines, and it's just going to be. They're only going to have like WrestleMania is going to have like fifteen matches. NXT Takeover is only going to have five, and they're all going to be super long and super good. That sounds fun as yeah. shit, though. Yeah, it, I I would. WrestleMania is fun. It's a commitment. It is what you're doing all day. Mm-hmm. Takeover is going to be like two and a half hours. You yeah. can watch it before dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it's, I'm going to be live tweeting WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> As I nice. do every year. Yeah. 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 Uh, you guys want to do some hype drags? I do. Yeah. I want to yeah, do, do at least this one. Uh, yeah. So I want to hype uh, the character of the dead man Undertaker. You're a goth. You're undead. You're an undead warlock who uses supernatural powers against his enemies. Uh, you get buried alive every once in a while. 
Uh, he comes back. It's cool. It's, it's fine. He comes back. Yeah. He's, he's the Undertaker. He's, he was controlled <laughs> by a magic urn. As an outsider, he was buried alive this. like how many times? <laughs> yeah, Once yeah. or twice? He was controlled by a magic urn. Yeah, he's controlled by a magic <laughs> urn. His best friend is just a really, like, he's a howling old man who carries the urn around and goes, Ooh! <laughs> R.I.P. Paul Bear. Uh, and his Poor name was Paul out. Bear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Paul Bear. But, like, real R.I.P. Yeah, like, yeah, fake. No, guy. he's actually. Not, dead. not, yeah, yeah not yeah. But, wait. Of natural causes. Yeah. Okay. And his brother, and his brother is a socially challenged fire mage. Yes. I don't think he's undead, but he's definitely a fire mage. <laughs> we should talk about Kane really briefly. Kane was the Undertaker's half-brother who was horribly burned when uh, the Undertaker burned down their funeral home. Or maybe Kane, I forget. Their funeral home burned down. Kane was burned down. He came back 20 years later to torment the Undertaker. They yeah. feuded for years. Eventually it became clear that Kane wasn't actually horribly burned. There were psychological scars that he like munchausened himself into believing he had. Uh, he became tag team partners with Daniel Bryan. They went to anger management therapy. Uh, and then eventually he took a corporate job working for Triple H as... Uh, uh, the um, director of op- uh, basically yeah. the head of HR yeah. except the head of HR was like a 7 foot tall dude who would choke slam you I'm not making any of this up and he used to shoot fireballs at people yes he used to shoot he used fireballs to shoot fire at people now he is IRL the mayor of a city in yeah. Tennessee and you know oh what he was God. and you know what he was all before that he was Isaac Yankum DDS and his thing was he was a dentist <laughs> I don't even know if this is a hype or a drag. I don't think it's any no, of them. I, I am hyping, I'm hyping <laughs> yeah, Dead Man was, Undertaker. This is completely a sidebar. Yeah, I don't yeah, he was just... Uh, the Undertaker is tight. Like, he's just a <laughs> warlock. He's super goth. He's super metal. Like, he's just like, oh, he's pure darkness. Like, if when you're like a punk kid like me growing up, I'm looking at, like, the Undertaker and going, that guy's awesome. But then at one point, the Undertaker became... American badass Undertaker, and that's who I'm gonna drag because he's just a MAGA lord that listens to Kid Rock. <laughs> and his thing is, his gimmick is that he owns a motorcycle. <laughs> yes. So he's like actually somehow a worse version of Fred Durst. Uh, uh, so Fred Durst is probably worse. Yeah. <laughs> he's a much larger version of Fred Durst. Does anyone have anything they would like to hype or drag? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, everything about NXT, uh, but let's talk about uh, Tommaso Ciampa real quick. I'd like to hype Tommaso Ciampa. So he was an NXT guy. He was in a tag team with this dude, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, who is just, like, the most pure, like, white meat, never give up baby face. He's from, like, small town Ohio and is, like, a Bruce Springsteen song about pro wrestling. Uh, (laughs) And Ciampa was his, like, older grizzled partner uh, and they went through a tournament and almost won, and then Champa got hurt, and Gargano was going to either get another partner or just go on a solo run, and it made Champa go insane. He lost his mind out of jealousy. He turned on on Johnny and like threw him in, you know, betrayed him at the end of the show, uh, and it launched a two year storyline that is still continuing of Champa just waging constant psychological warfare. There is a great like he was injured for a bit, so he came back to cost Johnny the the big NXT title. Um, and when he finally came out, you know how most wrestlers have entrance music, yeah, 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 like. Yeah. 
Yeah. He didn't for a while. He well, just what had it should be, What it should be is, Born in the double W-E, <laughs> off the turnbuckle yeah. with the flying knee. <laughs> but no, Champa's music for a while was just silence and booze. It was just him getting booed. There's a great clip of someone in the crowd literally yelling, You're the devil, Champa! You're the devil! Um, and he's just, I mean, he's an incredibly good wrestler and just was able to portray this great storyline of someone who was so fucking broken by his friend abandoning him that he went to hell and tried to drag his friend down with him. Like, they even got to a point where, like, he turned Johnny evil for a bit because he, like, gaslit him into believing that Johnny couldn't succeed without him. Uh, It's an incredible story and a bunch of great matches. The drag is that they were supposed to have the blow-off match for all time at this show on Friday. Uh, Champa hurt his neck and is going to be out for, like, a year. Oh, that sucks. So we're we're just dragging... Hard realities. Yeah, like what's what's gonna happen? Probably, uh, hopefully, Champa can like heal up and go again. Is that Johnny Gargano will go to the main roster and like be really popular because he fucking rules and get a great title opportunity, and then fucking Tommaso Champa will come out of the crowd and hit him with his neck brace and torture him for another two years. It'll yeah. be great. <laughs> what a slow burn. Yeah, so that's like <laughs> a hype drag hype sandwich. Yeah. All right, that is a that is a slow burn. Yeah, of slow burns. I'm right. into I'm into it. Yeah. Any other hype drags? Uh, I do, but do you have one? I don't. Do like, I, I, I'm one? sitting this one out. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to hype China, Joni Lore. Yeah. Uh, one of the greats. Uh, one of my favorites growing up. Uh, she, she she held men's titles. Like, that's yeah. the, she was one of the... She was the, the first woman or female intercontinental champion. And um, because she had a relationship with Triple H prior to be, for him being with uh, Stephanie McMahon, uh, they kind of just treated her like garbage or... Because, you know, there's just jealousy and other things there. Mm-hmm. And so they, she left the company and they basically just, like, disgraced her. Yeah, they because, unpersoned her. Yeah, because yeah. she was on VH1 reality shows and she was, uh, she was, she was making uh, pornographic films. And they're like, oh, no, we couldn't possibly, like, endorse someone like that. She could never be in the Hall of Fame. So they kind of just blackballed her. And then she died never up. having, yeah, yeah, she died never having, like, been given the proper recognition for her career. And then I want to drag Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. You're garbage. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. You did shitty. this to her, and it's fucking gross. And you did it on purpose. Yeah, they did it. Yeah. They did it on purpose because it's like the the WWE. They're not. They're not afraid of someone uh, making anything pornographic. Their half their show was pornographic in 1999. Oh, yeah. Shawn much. Michaels was in Playgirl. Yeah, like there's there's a lot there that's just like it's just yeah. It's Again, like they just tri- didn't Triple like H it. made his entire career out of pointing at his own dick. Yeah, and now like China made a pornographic film, and all of a sudden she's blackballed. So like, and then she died. Didn't it's not like they were yeah. against selling sex; they were just against someone selling sex not under their umbrella. Right. Yeah. Basically. And it was someone they didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, fucked. That's, yeah. That's yeah. W is gross. Yeah. Rest in peace, China. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was cool, man. That was yeah. that was a. She was something else. Yeah, she had a she had like just a story arc with Eddie Guerrero that was fantastic. Yeah, yo, hype Eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, just this really amazing Mexican American wrestler. He was in WCW for a while, jumped to WWF, uh, struggled with a lot of drug problems, which contributed. You know, he died at like thirty seven or thirty eight or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he was just an incredible performer and one of the people who took the sort of like stupid racialized gimmicks that Vince would and foist it on him of you know being Latino heat Eddie Guerrero and just made it his own just owned yeah. it and made it fucking incredible uh his signature move um 
which he did in his last match before his death, was that while the ref's back was turned, he would take an elite, like a folding chair or some other illegal weapon, mm-hmm. throw it to his opponent, they'd catch it, and then he'd fall down, and the ref would turn around and see him and disqualify his opponent. Yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, so, <laughs> it's pretty good character. Uh, it is a drag that Eddie Guerrero yeah. is dead. Yes, yeah. yeah. hype him. He rules. Yeah. All right, I'll finish this real fast with one hype. For all all wrestlers everywhere, unionize, protect yourselves. Get, Fucking a get yeah. health insurance. Get yourselves protected. A lot like a lot of you have gone out there and died young, and I'm not. I don't want to see that. Like you do, you do fa- fascinating work is the word I would use. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just throw one final. We're gonna drag Vince McMahon for Fuck being Vince a McMahon. piece of shit <laughs> and looking like a penis wearing a toupee. Um. <laughs> so really, just bad person yeah, like no. just a, not, a not a good dude, dude. not a fun dude not no. a fun dude no and like with that this has been all sports are bad yep you can listen to us where you're listening to us right now whatever that might On be spotify itunes stitcher google play soundcloud and you can you can tweet at us at all sports are bad i am patrick jcs i am at wildly pointless i am at lies and perfidy yeah yeah ruben That's thank for you for sure. joining us yeah, happy to be here. I am always uh, happy to hop on the mic and yell about kick-flipping zombie wizards uh, <laughs> going to battle with, like, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to apologize to Savio Vega. You were not, he wasn't on that, he wasn't on that cruise. <laughs> 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 Bye, internet. Bye, everybody. (laughs) See you next time.